Welcome. We are live. Season 2, Episode 6. We've got our man Brandon Martin with us from Daybreak Outdoors. We're going to chat with him here in just a few moments. But before we do, Cam, go ahead and hit that nice little intro to show some love to all of our sponsors, and we'll get kicked off. Welcome to the Blind Waterfowl Podcast, where we discuss topics about hunting, hunting products, and conservation. Your hosts, Brian Bolt and Garrett Kemp, share their love for the outdoors and their thoughts on leaving it better for hunters in the future. The Blind is brought to you by Shin Gear, waterfowl gear that is truly built better. Presented by Apex Ammunition, experience your best shot. Alpha Innovations, the do-it-all rack system. Stratton Seed Company in Stuttgart, Arkansas, planning today for success tomorrow. Perfect Limit Outdoors, creator of the designated pour, make the water move. Lyle Real Estate, your land investment experts. Our other partners include Dirty Duck Coffee, the official coffee of the blind, and Hella Dry Utility Poles. Thanks for stopping by the blind. Here are your hosts, Brian Bolt and Garrett Camp. Trying to mute my phone here, guys. Sorry about that. Well, welcome in to the blind. Man, we've got a special guest with us tonight. We have got Brandon Martin with us. Brandon, how you doing tonight, buddy? I don't know how special I am, but I'm doing great. How are you guys? If it makes You're, you feel, it probably won't make you feel very good, but all of our guests are special. Well, <laughs> you guys are special too. Everybody's special. Some more special than others. We'll we'll make sure That's that right. you, you, in our book, you are more special than Christian Frierson. So. I don't know. He's pretty special. I like that guy. <laughs> well, man, we got a lot to get to in a short amount of time. We don't want to keep you all night. We know you got got things to get to and you're a busy man so we want to make sure we hit on all of it but uh for those of you that may not know exactly who you are or what you do why don't you just kind of give everybody a little little short bio of who you are where you're from and 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 we'll just go from there yeah so i'm brandon martin uh they call me brad the hunting group calls me brad my wife doesn't call me brad she did i'd, I'd be mad but uh yeah i grew up in nashville tennessee um been hunting ducks since I was 11 or 12 years old. Um, uh, actually, I, I live in Dexter, Missouri now, which is duck country, right in the heart of duck country. And um, it's fu kind of funny how I get here. Everybody asks how I get here. Well, it's duck hunting. It's nothing else but duck hunting. And uh, the good Lord's blessed me with a, with a career that, you know, I get to wake up and hunt ducks every day. I may not be able to have a gun on my shoulder, but you know, I'm blessed to be able to wake up and hunt. Um, like I said, I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I actually traveled to Dexter a bunch to, uh, we had a lease here in Dexter and, uh, uh, me and my stepdad came up here every weekend. Um, and I got to meet some guys around here. And when, you know, when I graduated and went to college, uh, couple of the guys around here say you know you need to go to SEMO um, that way you can wake up and uh, hunt every day and I was like man what a great idea why wouldn't I do that and so I went to school at Southeast Missouri State met some great friends there um, and kind of it we'll, we'll have to go into how I started my career here in a bit but um, yeah that's where I'm at I, I found my wife in Dexter we just had our first kid she's five months old and it's the best thing in the world it's just it's another meaning to life so that's where i'm at now dexter missouri where i started duck hunting you're a smart guy to make uh 
hunting your career before you have kids. Yeah. The rest of us are just out here struggling to make it on the weekends. I hear you. I, I used to be a weekend warrior, but heck, now I'm doing it for a living. Yeah, That's so sp- speaking of a living, I mean, let's let's jump right off into kind of what, uh, what, what you do for a living. So I own Daybreak Outdoors, and it, well, the the LLC name is Daybreak Media. And um, while I do the hunting show, I also do um, several other things, anything involving a camera or marketing or or whatever it is. And uh, you know, kind of how I got into that. Uh, me and my well, I'll, I'll just go ahead and get into the story about how I got into filming. Um, you know, I was always. I always loved watching YouTube videos when I got back from the hunting trip, you know, when I was 11 or 12 years old, it's, it's like it motivated me to go. And back then, you know, YouTube, it, it was nothing like it is today where everybody's trying to do a a YouTube show. And, uh, you know, there was just a few guys that had put a couple duck hunting videos out and that's all you could find on duck hunting back in whatever it was, 2012 or whatever. And, uh, you know, some guys were hunting Canada and, put on an awesome song and I was like, man, this is really cool. And I love watching the foils videos, the Buck Gardner videos. I was obsessed and I love the video aspect of it, but you know, I didn't know anything about video at the time. And we were hunting around here around South of Sykeson, which is 20 minutes from where I'm sitting right now. And I was like, man, I'm going to get out my phone and just record some clips. Cause my mom had a big old iMac computer, um, with iMovie on it. I remember seeing it down in her basement. She never used it. I was like, I'm, I'm just going to record off my phone and, you know, see what I can do. So I, I recorded a couple clips of big bunches of ducks coming in and, um, the dog coming back in the, in the pit and, uh, went through it on my mom's computer, put some weird music to it. I bet I could still find the video somewhere out there today <laughs> on some, I don't know what YouTube channel I had back in the day, but, um, put it together and I was obsessed at that moment and uh it didn't take me very long to uh to buy a real camera and I thought that was the coolest thing uh I think my first camera was a Canon 60D uh don't know why I bought it just kind of looked cool and started taking pictures and filming a little bit and um you know I, I then I started getting into college and meeting some buddies and um met just some really good friends up there and uh we were all just diehard duck hunters that's all we thought about we didn't care i mean i passed college thank god but that's all we cared about was duck hunting at the time and um you know we'd miss all kinds of classes but all we you know i had a tight-knit three or four uh group of buddies and uh each one of us was kind of in into filming a little bit and we were like man we 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 duck hunt and we I feel like we kill a lot of ducks and we have a good story. I mean, why don't we just, um, why don't we just put our brains together and start a little show? So we started a show under a different name, um, at the time. And, uh, you know, we, we filmed everything and just had a blast doing it. Coming back from coming back to the campus, you know, it was an hour away from where we hunted and we'd just sit there and watch the hunting videos and we were just obsessed with it. I'd be, I'd usually be the one editing it and I just throw a bunch of clips together, nothing special and put a little music, rock music, whatever it was. Uh, and we'd put it up on YouTube. It's the coolest thing ever. And, uh, we ended up starting that show. And then one of my best friends, uh, Rory, 
he passed away in college and um right at the time we were shooting the the intro to the to the show and um he passed away and uh you know me and another guy tried to continue the show on and it just wasn't working out and i just decided i wanted to to do my own thing and um you know own 100 percent of this company that because i know when i show up in the morning i'm going to work my ass off and you know things are going to get done and uh you know it's just better working for yourself than it is with somebody else no offense to him i love him to death but uh it, it ended up working out great for both of us and that's when i started daybreak media in 2018 and uh here i am today somehow you know waking up you know tomorrow probably be teal hunting and filming a little bit and making a video out of it and calling it my living somehow but the good lord's blessed me with i think the good lord blesses everybody with the talent you just gotta you just gotta find that talent and uh take off with it so that's just kind of where i'm at now well and you you know it you you started where you did but you've come a long way from there because it's i mean you you don't just put out um I mean, you don't just put out mediocre stuff. I mean, you're on top of the game. I mean, I know you're probably humble, and, and you may talk about it that way, but I'll talk about it that way. But, I mean, it's not just, you know, going out and, and taking pictures and, and filming anymore. I mean, you're, 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 you're leading the pack in a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and we went back in the archives a few <laughs> yeah, weeks we ago. We went back, and I don't know if we found your old channel or what we found, but it was like old school just like looked like a phone was filming us like brian we did stuff this good why, why didn't we end up being brandon martin man yeah i don't know what you found but that's probably what i'm talking about i just threw some clips together and some rock music but i liked it it almost had kind of that old phil robertson cop feel those old videos you know yeah it was just duck killing that's all we did we didn't yeah. care we didn't it was care raw. About, we didn't care about the story we didn't care about nothing but i used to uh, you know, I've kind of, I've learned a lot in the last five, six, seven years. But you know, seven, eight years ago, when I kind of started this as my career, um, I was so obsessed with just. Uh, it sounds funny, but I was just so obsessed with this how to become the best editor, and I would just sit on YouTube for days and nights and and just watch you know these professional guys on YouTube show you how to do transitions or show you how to create a story or show you whatever it was, but I was just so obsessed with it. And just thankfully that I, I, I was so obsessed at the time that, you know, it's, it's made me, made me become just such a better editor, just yeah. how determined I was to, to be able to edit good. And, you know, filming also came along with that. I, I, I looked up videos on how to film. I used to be a, uh, gear geek and i used to buy the new camera every two months that was a terrible terrible idea i should have just stuck uh, stuck with the camera i had uh probably burned a lot of money doing that and now you know i'm set to one camera but kind of wild how it's all come about so did you get all your training on youtube or did you get some yeah, of it through the, college did you do videography or marketing or what did what did you do in college it's so funny because just, just barely yeah. passed. That's what he did <laughs> <laughs> from all well, the hunting. <laughs> I made A's and B's. I did. A, I, I made sure my stuff was done. But um, I was, uh, I was just so, uh, like I said, I was so obsessed with it. Um, 
and like I said, I use an A7S III. It's, it's a great camera. But I started my the way I started my filming career was I uh, started scouting cotton for a guy here locally, and it was right out of college, and I was doing the hunting show at the time, the the old hunting show, not Daybreak. And uh, he asked me, he was like, "Man, you do all this filming. Why don't you why don't you uh, film me a commercial for my products?" And I started that, and um, that's kind of how I turned videography into my career. And he had me traveling all over the country, you know, going to interview farmers and whatever. And I kind of learned a lot of skills there. Um, and then I had a good relationship with Bandit at the time. And um, I asked the director of marketing, you know, man, I, I cannot stand waking up. No offense to the guy that hired me to do this, but I there, I cannot wake up every morning and know that somebody else is killing ducks, and I'm I, and I'm not watching it happen. I can't stand that, and that's when I uh, I was doing stuff for Bandit at the time, and I'm thankful for this opportunity. I always will be. And I asked the director of marketing. I said, "Hey, is there any way you have a spot for a videographer? Because I'm ready to I'm ready to hunt every day. That's what I want to do." And he was like yeah, I'll hire you today. And, uh, yeah, that, that kind of took off my hunting career and that allowed me to, to have the time that I do to, to work on videos that I do. And, uh, yeah. And, and now I'm, now I'm here just hunting everywhere, but you know, it's, 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 I guess it's kind of one of those, you know, myths that people think, well, you know, if you want to get into, if you want to get into videoing or, or, or photography and stuff, just go get you a camera, you know, and, and get out there and start doing it. But, man, there's so much more that goes into it. I mean, Garrett and I, we bought a camera back in – it was probably about the time you – well, no, it was it was before then. It was, it was uh, what, 2012, 2013, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe even earlier than that. And we, yeah. uh, we, we gave it a shot for about two days, and then hmm. we, sold, we sold the camera. I mean, we, we were like, – We, we were, like shooting too much with we were, a gun, oh, not, a, oh, not a camera. I was just about to say that that is the problem with every there's only one guy that I know that does not mind holding the camera and not shooting at all. And that's Grant Sinclair. Uh, he's helped me out quite a bit. But and me, I was going to say, but every videographer, photographer, it doesn't matter, has a problem with wanting to shoot. And that's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's that's natural. I I, I when I I'm lucky enough to grab an, uh, grab a gun. Uh, it, I get excited again, and uh, and I understand why all cameramen are like that. But I think that's another reason that I have made a career out of it is because I know the more that I film, the better the videos will be, and the more the uh, you know the more the audience will like it, and the more the sponsors will like it. And so I've just learned to you know film everything. And uh, when I grab a shotgun, it doesn't do anything for anybody. I just remember it in my head, but you know, I don't have a problem picking a camera up. Let's just say that. Well, look, we're going to dive more into uh, your videos and the shows that you do now here in just a second, but we're going to take a short commercial break to show some love to our sponsors that help us put on this podcast each and every week. And then when we come back, we're going to talk more with Brandon Martin about Daybreak Outdoors, and we are going to uh, dive off into the product that he's got now so that you can go find it and watch it because it's some really good stuff. But we'll take a short break and we'll be right back with more with Daybreak Outdoors. 
I believe that your wader is one of, if not the most important tool for a waterfowl hunter. Over the last couple years, we've been wearing the shin wader. Of course, like most people, we were skeptical about a non-insulated wader. But I'm here to tell you, it's the best thing I've ever put on. We wasted a lot of years wearing neoprene and insulated, bulky, hard to move around in waders. Shin has it figured out from the sleek and rugged design to the hottest patterns on the market. The Shin Gear waders are the must for all waterfowl hunters. I wear them, I stand behind them, and I'm telling you, I'm proof. Shin waders are truly built better. Go check them all out at shingear.com. Welcome back. We appreciate all of our sponsors and Shin Gear you just saw there. Uh, I guess we'll segue from that commercial into what Brandon is doing now. And so you're no longer uh, with Bandit. Is that correct? That's correct. Am I, am I correct in saying that? Yep. Okay. Uh, Tell us a little uh, bit about what you're doing now and who you're who you're kind of working with. Yeah. So I've been blessed to to work with the. Uh, like I said, I'm grateful for the opportunity that Bandit's got me. Um, wouldn't be where I was today without them. Um, we decided to, to change paths and uh, partner with the guys at Shin. And what an incredible company, um, incredible guys behind that, mm-hmm. that company as well. Um, we're also working with Christian. Yeah. Uh, for people that don't know, he's the one that owns Perfect Lemon Outdoors. Go check their product out. It's a good product. Absolutely. Uh, we're also working with uh, Kent. We've been working with Kent was one of our first sponsors. Yeah. Um, man, that they've been great to us. Uh, Die Bomb, great people. Um, we've also worked with uh, Spencer Halford, Rolling Thunder Game Calls, Jeb's Chokes, uh, Swamp Box. Uh, do a little bit with Can Am, um, Adam Hillside, Cam- uh, Adam Campbell, the dog trainer. Great guy. Yeah, we'll um, have Adam on here uh, next month, I think. Adam's going to come on and chat with yeah. us. One of the best dudes you ever meet. He's a, he's a great dude. Sent, sent me diapers for my kid. I'm oh. thankful for it. <laughs> Can't beat that. No, not that. every not every day does a guy that met you one time send you diapers. So he's a great he's a great guy. Well, man, I'd I'd love to send you diapers, and I'm sure Garrett would too. But Garrett's got a what a two month old, and <laughs> S- I've got six a weeks. I've got a year old. So man, we're fresh out of diapers. Uh, I'm size. <laughs> Yeah, I'm size four. If you're wondering, <laughs> okay, we'll make sure we'll make sure to get you some coming that way. But you know, speaking of um, you know what you do and and kind of working with with Shin now, how, how does something like that happen? I mean, without getting into too much that you can't tell, but I mean, we we don't know how it works. So, I mean, how do you transition from working with Bandit over to you know with Shin? Yeah, so I went to a deal, one of my good buddies uh, owns part of a dealership here in town and. It was today, and one of the guys asked me, he's like, what do you do? I said, well, I own a hunting show. And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, I own a hunting show. It's kind of weird how you tell people that you own a hunting show, and they don't really understand. But, um, you know, I had to sit there and explain to him, you know, how I make money. But, you know, you build a following up, and you build a YouTube page up, and these people start to watch your video. And, you know, no offense, but a lot of those YouTube guys out there are literally just out there to get views. But I I feel like I'm a little bit in a little bit different story. I feel like I put a, like you said, a good product out there. Oh, absolutely. And and the views show, you know, um, 
you know, some, some videos are getting over a hundred thousand views. Um, the majority of them, like just the normal duck hunting videos are usually getting 60 or 80,000 views, you know, in the first year. And then they'll, they'll climb up to a hundred thousand. And what these companies see is, you know, uh, a good product and, um, they want you to wear whatever they're making or shoot whatever they're making. That way the viewers um, can, you know, they can start following a group of people and, and really get obsessed with what these people are doing and say, Oh man, th- these guys are shooting Kent shells or there must be a reason they shoot Kent shells. Like I said, like I tell everybody, every thing that we're sponsored by, we believe in. Uh, I've been shooting Kent shells since I was, 11, 12 years old. And that's how I explained to everybody. And, uh, we knew Shin had a great product. Uh, they had a great pair of waders. They put a lot of time and research and development into these waders and we believed in them. And, uh, same with everything else. I mean, we're not, I'm not out just to, to chase money. Uh, having a relationship with somebody is a lot more important to me than to chase the next sponsor. Like, and that's what a lot of people don't understand is, relationships mean a lot more to me than, than money. Um, money can only give you so much happiness. Uh, just like with Adam Campbell, the guy's sending me diapers, you know, after, a uh, after meeting him one time, just a great yeah. dude. Uh, but that's kind of how that works. The, the sponsors see that you have, you have a big following and you have a lot of engagement and you get a lot of views. So, something in those videos or whatever it is people are liking to watch and they're starting to to engage with the the people that are on the show and that you know it ends up turning into revenue for these companies because why else would they would they sponsor if they didn't see the the upside of it so that's kind of how that how that works that's that's how i make a living off a hunting show even though i do a lot of other things too so well and and your stuff's way on another level than 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 what garrett and i do here with with our podcast but i mean i can only imagine how many people are buying uh shotgun shells or waders or or, you know all of all of your sponsors and the stuff they see in your videos because i can't tell you by the way i did text phil norris earlier and tell him he owed me a commission check because i mean people people ask us all the time about the waders i mean we Mm -hmm. we, you know we we push the brand and and kind of like you you know, when we started this, you know, we didn't want it to be something where we just went and begged everybody for money. You know, I mean, it takes stuff to put this on, just like, you know, your your show. It takes a lot more money to do that than what we're doing. But we wanted to be associated with, with people and products that we believed in. And we also wanted those people to be our kind of people, you know, not just not just somebody we didn't know. And, and I'm not going to name drop a brand out there, but I told Garrett, they were actually one of the very first people I reached out to. They were actually one of the only ones that told us no. But, man, I'm looking back, I'm so glad we didn't get involved with them because it, they're just not our kind of people. Yeah. And I thought at that time we wanted them because we needed somebody. But, uh, man, the more I've gotten to know about the brand and, and that person, um, man, I'm just so glad we're not involved with it. But, you know, just speaking about you, you know, I, I told, um, I told Garrett that at the Delta Expo, you and, uh, you and Austin Ross, you know, came over and saw me and, and, uh, just, 
man, we just chatted up, stood around and talked like we had been friends for 15 years. And man, I, I, I don't, I don't know you very well at all. I'll admit that, you know, I've talked to you, you know, a handful of times and stuff, but Christian talks real highly of you and, and, uh, you and I have tried to stay in touch and so we could get you on here. And, but, um, you know, it's just people like you, like you said, you got, you got to build that kind of that community of people that you know and and things like that and and we're grateful to know you because like i told i told garrett i was like man you just should have been there you know the 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 guys (laughs) that i got to know or 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 got to know better up there just like at the expo i mean it's just a and everybody has their kind of little click you know oh yeah and we're (laughs) for sure and we're not very big so we're we're just excited to be in somebody's click you know but um Man, the Shin guys are so good to us. I mean, all, all of the sponsors you see on our screen, they're, they're so good to us. Christian's good to us. And, you know, he and I have become friends now. And But uh, just, just back to kind of what you were hitting on with Shin, I mean, it just uh, good people over there, great product. And we're proud that, that they let us uh, be a little bit a part of, of what they do as well. Yeah. It would almost, almost kind of be a chore to try to talk about products all the time and things that you don't believe in. You know, everybody that we're associated with are products that we use hunting. We believe in them, you know. Another thing to what Brian was talking about, um, me and my little boy, we kind of, we, we watch Daybreak Outdoors before he goes to bed at night, and he's ate up with duck hunting. He's never been yet. He's four years old. But we watch your videos, and so I'm sure he thinks it's really cool that we have you on. I can tell him, hey, this is the guy that owns these videos. <laughs> well, I'm glad we've been trying to get, or Brian's been trying to get me on this podcast for, for a while, and uh, every time I go down to Arkansas, I tell him we can do one, you know, when you guys used to uh, haul the cameras around, but I'm glad we uh, we finally worked it out and got on here. Well, we, we still do we still do go around a little bit. You know, we try to work this out where we could talk to people without having to go everywhere because that mm-hmm. was such a such a chore. But um, whenever you come down to Christian's place, you know, uh, we're gonna try to try to come over there and do one do one in person, sit around in there in the living room over at the lodge and Yeah, as long uh, as Christian gets to sit sit next to me. Yeah. Oh he's absolutely. a he's a real good talker. Let me tell oh, you. He can talk. Hey, yeah, he listen, can talk. Listen to this. I've got a rule with Christian. And I tell him, because uh, he calls me all the time, just bouncing ideas off. And uh, he calls me at 8, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning and, and wants to talk. And I tell him, hey, this is your rule here, because he'll talk for hours. So I said, <laughs> you do not call me until 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, because my most productive times is from 8 to about 2. I said, that's your number one rule, is you cannot call me until after 2, because I love talking to the guy, but I can't get anything done. He's <laughs> talking to me. Well, you know, I consider Christian uh, to be a friend, and uh, you know, but he only calls me when he wants information. He doesn't ever call me just to chat. You know, he called, he texts me uh, today or yesterday. Hey, is any teal around the area down there? Because I live uh, close to his farm. I said no, but if you find some, I'm ready to shoot some. And, uh, you know, he he he. Uh, yeah, you he, make you make sure you get in there now. That's yeah, he a good farm. he always uh, he always. Uh, text me to keep up with the ducks because i i drive about an hour to work every day and it's right by his farm so he texts me when he's not up here and says hey yeah. uh see any ducks over there so I, but I'm you were keeping up, up you were keeping up with christian's ducks before we even knew them. oh absolutely i just wasn't yeah. able to hunt them and he uh, went he wants a free scout report is what he that's wants that's right i'm, I'm yeah. gonna see if i can get put on the payroll uh-huh. to uh to do that kind of thing for him but i hear no, you on we, that we love christian man he's a he's a great guy and like i said we want to 
want to hook up with y'all when y'all come down here and chat with you in person and but, probably uh, probably be there opening day awesome awesome well, well we'll actually be close we'll just be right across the river from you guys or right across the highway so let's do it but um well look let's talk about your show and your videos a little bit more i mean what do, do, do you have um i know you, you got different ones but i mean how many season do you do you have seasons of them or you just put them out by episode or yeah so we're on season six now which is kind of hard to believe but um we'll do about 10 or 11 uh videos that that i call season videos that are videos that are from the past season and that's what i put a lot of time into um a ton of hours i was working on one for three or four hours today until i got caught up with, with doing something else but um like i said we got 10 or 12 season videos and those usually get the most views i don't know if it's because i put the most time out of it if it's duck hunting if it's the story what it is but they get the most views and then you know like right now i just put out a teal hunt video that's current uh that happened saturday and i put that i put that up quick um turkey hunting is also current i try to put that up as fast as i can you know as soon as i get back from killing that turkey i'm usually putting that episode together um i also do you know i i, I need to be a little bit better about it but um uh, I, used, I called it the day break and behind the scenes series and it's anything that's uh, related to duck hunting um, outside of the season episodes. So, you know, if we're brushing a blind, uh, we'll film how to brush a blind. If we're f- flooding up, uh, you know, flooding up cornfields or whatever it is, we're going to put it on there, whatever we're doing uh, that does not consist of, of uh, the season episodes and uh and then snow goose hunting rolls around and i usually save that footage as well so i'll have four or five awesome youtube videos we had a good snow goose season i'll put those out um in february um when everybody wants to watch them because because by february man you're so worn out and so tired yeah. of waking up every morning i mean we hunt we hunt snow geese about every day and we hunt ducks every single day and so February is just that time when I get home at 11 o'clock. I am done for the day. I'm so tired. <laughs> and then March, you know, turkey season starts again. and I'm well-rested and start putting out episodes. But that's kind of how that rolls. I saw a little reel or something that you put out. And it had a picture of you. And behind you was, or in front of you was your computer. And it had this long strip of all the editing that you put into those shows. And I saw that and I paused it. And just kind of studied it for just a second. I just thought, oh my gosh, like the number of man hours that that guy spends on a computer doing one of those shows. And that doesn't even count all the other things that you're doing. You're flooding and I'm sure planning and filming. And I mean, just the amount of effort that you put into it, it really shows on your show. And I think that's what what people are drawn to. Yeah. um, These videos... You know, I could probably spend a lot less time on them, but like you guys are saying, you guys love them. And it's big, quality. A big part of that is because of the production. Yeah. Um, you know, I each episode, I I can't track the hours, but <laughs> that was my next I, question: How many hours does it take you? It's hard to say, but I I would say forty to fifty hours. If Christian would quit calling, he'd get them done a lot quicker. 
Yeah, I, I got to I got to meet him. He's tried to call me three times. <laughs> well, look, let's take another short break real quick, and we're gonna we're gonna change gears a little bit when we come back. Let's let's talk a little more about. Uh, you know, getting behind the camera and actually working the camera. And let, let's let's step back from the editing part because I think that's very intriguing. You know, a lot of people don't really know what it takes. Can't just walk out there in the middle of a duck hole and start shooting, you know, with a camera. So I know there's an art to that. And let's get into that a little bit more. And and uh, we'll talk about some drones and some and some ducks. And then we'll uh, then we'll come back and we'll talk about y'all's place there in Missouri as well. So we'll. Uh, We'll take another short break. We'll come back and we're going to hit on all of this uh, when we come back with more from Brandon Martin. When we're out in the field waterfowl hunting, we never leave the house without our designated puller, the number one automatic jerk rig on the market. Go over to perfectlimitoutdoors.com and check out the designated puller. Make the water move. Well, welcome back to Season 2, Episode 6 with our special guest, Brandon Martin from Daybreak Outdoors. Before we get back into the podcast here, I want to give a big shout-out to all of our sponsors that help us put this show on each and every week. Not only are they sponsors, but they're friends for us, really good people at all these companies. Uh, Shin Gear, Apex Ammunition, Christian Frierson over with Perfect Limit Outdoors, home of the designated puller. Our buddies up in Russellville, Arkansas with Alpha Innovations over in Stuttgart, Stratton Seed Company. And then, of course, uh, Dirty Duck Company, the official coffee, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, yeah, Dirty Duck Coffee, uh, the official coffee of the blind. And then now they're not high and dry anymore. They're hella dry uh, utility poles. And uh, Brandon, speaking of those poles, have you ever used those before? Um, are they the poles that you stick in the ground? They got yeah, a yeah. Well, one they got of the, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, one of the guys that came teal hunting with us this weekend had them, and we we thought they were fields. We're like, there go. You, you brought it all with you, and uh, they ended up being one of the Gunner Kennels guys. Yeah, um, and he he had two of them. They look slick. They look pretty sweet. Man, you know when 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 Garrett and I got involved with those guys, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, we were skeptical about it. You know, we uh, we were like, man, you know, how good is this going to work? It was gonna Maybe fall. I'll use it for a walking stick. Yeah, or, uh, figure out something over. to do with it. Yeah, will it fall over? Will it really hold stuff or whatnot? Yeah. And, and, man, that is one of the best things that we use, duck hunting. I mean, we take it out. doesn't matter if you're standing by a tree or you're, you know, what any kind of hunting situation unless you're just sitting in a blind. Man, you stick that thing down in there and hang your bag or, you know, your gun on it so you're not holding it the whole time because garrett and i have a lot of times where we don't have our gun in our hand so because we don't need it because there's not many ducks we're just <laughs> chilling for like an hour i hear so, you uh, but uh <laughs> but we appreciate all those all those guys and and uh companies for helping us out here with the show but um brandon let's jump into kind of the filming part of it i know you have to love it or you wouldn't do it as much as what you do but Tell us a little bit about the filming side. I mean, you can't just walk out there with a camera. What's it take to to hide and and on top of that, get the best shots when you're out there hunting? Yeah, so duck hunting and, and turkey hunting kind of present their own difficulties, if I could say. Um, duck hunting, it's not necessarily about hiding uh, where we hunt. There's, you know, there's camera platforms and stuff like that. Um, Turkey hunting is a totally different story. It's that's one of the toughest things to do in the world is 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 film a turkey when it's dark, you know, first light in the woods. It's one of the toughest things to do, and I give credit to people who can do that. Uh, and I've missed my fair share of my fair share of turkeys, but 
like you said, you can't just go out there and point a camera and, and uh, it takes a lot. And like I said, I used to be obsessed with, with learning how to do that. And uh, there's certain things in the camera that you've got, you've got to know to, to be able to, to produce high quality type stuff. And, you know, you got lenses that lenses that uh, are, are longer than others. And you've got lenses that create a uh, shallower depth of field where it blurs out the background. Say if I'm doing an interview right now and I've got my face in focus, I can make the background to where you can literally couldn't even tell where I was. So there's a lot that goes into, into that aspect. And, and, uh, yeah, filming ducks is, especially when you, when you put trees involved. Uh, I, I was actually just editing a teal hunt video today where we were at Eagle's nest, the place that we hunt. And I was like, man, this footage is kind of, it's just okay compared to the, the hunt we had with field and all the shin guys, uh, because the ducks were out in the open on opening day, we were out in the bottoms and there was no trees or anything to throw off your focus. And then you go down to Eagle's nest the place that we hunt and there's trees everywhere. And when you're trying to, you're looking through a screen that big and you're, you're trying to film some of the fastest ducks there, the, the, the fastest duck there is, yeah. uh, it's tough to, tough to get focused. So it takes, uh, it takes a lot of talent. And like I said, I was editing that episode today of uh, us down at Eagle's nest, um, teal hunting. And I was like, daggum, it took me a while to get on them. Uh, cause you know, they're in and out in three or four seconds and you better get your shit together, um, uh, and have focus. And, Apparently, I didn't have focus <laughs> too much that day. But, but well, you know, if, if people that listen to this podcast are going to understand why. So. Yeah, and so, um, you know, speaking of where you hunt at, uh, North Delta. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Is that correct name of it? North Delta Outfitters. Yeah. Yep. Let's talk a little, let's talk about that a little bit, where it's at and kind of kind of what it is. Because I've seen, not in person, I would love to see it one day in person. But, uh, man, it looks like an awesome place. Yeah, it's a... It is a five-star operation, and, um, you know, uh, I think a lot of people are starting to hear about it. Um, and so North Delta owns Eagle's Nest, and Eagle's Nest is just a incredibly, just an incredible piece of property that sits low. It, it, the, the elevation is low. It's one of the lowest pieces of elevation in the state of Missouri, and ducks are just incredibly imprinted on that area, especially when the river gets out, but it's awesome hunting when, when the river's not out and it's 600 acres and, um, North Delta acquired that. And, uh, my buddy, Eric Reinhardt manages that property. Um, Eric also helps me out with the show. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's kind of the big personality behind it, but, um, is he the kind of the redheaded guy, the beard? You could call it that. He's not redheaded, but uh, he's crazy. Let me tell you. <laughs> I thought but, he was redheaded. He could have been, He could be dark hair, brown haired, or something yeah. like that. But yeah, he. But he, he's the other guy on the show. You know, I'm doing interviews. He's also doing interviews. But uh, like I said, so North Delta Outfitters, Andy Riley, uh, our good buddy from Dexter, uh, good family friend. He owns it. Eric manages it. All the duck hunting property. I help Eric out when I can. You know, I just had that kid. I, I used to be down there, uh, you know, two or three days a week, but with the kid and I just moved into a new house. I haven't been able to get down much, but I'm sure Eric will be blowing my phone up when, when he needs uh, all the blinds brushed. 
but yeah, North Delta Outfitters, like I said, it's a five-star operation. Everybody that comes has an incredible time. Not only is it incredible duck hunting, but it is also the, the lodge experience is you, you will not forget it. We have, they've got chefs. Um, uh, it's just incredible, uh, just to see the lodge and, uh, Andy's done such a good job at designing the lodge and the mounts. Uh, we have full oak limbs, uh, hanging off the roof with 25 mallards dropping in. And we got buck brush on the, on one side with a group of 10 pintails coming in and he's wanting to do a, a big old ball of teal because we shoot, shoot a lot of teal, but yeah. So a lot of people get confused. Um, daybreak, that's my show. I go to North Delta to film about 90% of it and the rest of it, you know, I go to Arkansas, film at Christian's place, uh, go to Fowler's point. That's another awesome place going to Canada this year. So I usually shoot about two to three, maybe four episodes outside of North Delta. But, Mm -hmm. um, like I said, that's that's where I film the bulk of of the show because Mama wants me at home at night, and uh, I respect that. And it's awesome hunting. Love that crew, and uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of a little bit about North Delta. Well, why, sounds like why go anywhere else if you got that right there? You know, yeah, really. That place I know. Is nice. It, it's it's a sweet spot. It's just like I said, the ducks are they're imprinted. It, it makes a lot of us sound like really good callers, way better callers than we we ever yeah. think we are. Because every time you see a group of mallards, they're coming to that spot. Yeah. They're they're coming, and uh, like I said, you start blowing a duck call, they're coming anyways. It makes you feel good. It sounds like you enjoy filming just as much as you do pulling the trigger. And I had no, I had to go back to you filming a little bit. So I had no experience at all with a professional wildlife photography or anything like that. But when Brian and I went last year to Christian's place, Austin Ross was, went, went hunting with us. Well, Brian and I, they didn't have enough room, so Brian and I swapped out the shooting <laughs> hole. And whenever I was sitting back, I was just watching Austin. And the amount of work that a guy puts in to get the shots that you, him, all of y'all that do that, I mean, it, I, was, I was mesmerized watching him with his camera. It was just, it was, a, it was very neat. Yeah, and he and he's just getting into videography, and yeah. uh, I've been meaning to every time we, we talk about it every year. I'm I'm gonna show um, I'm gonna show him how to make reels. Um, you know, he's starting to really get it, get the hang of getting focus and getting ducks through the trees. I mean, that's half the battle right there. And uh, he used to be a just a photographer, but now he's he's really diving into the video because uh, what people don't understand is Instagram is turning into videography mm-hmm. uh they're turning into reels because they're having to compete with with tiktok so hate to say it but photography's kind of doing this and videography's yeah. doing that luckily for me um so good for austin you know he's starting to learn videography so uh that's that's cool that you say that he's he's starting to get really good at it yeah. now you don't you don't just go over and and film over at north delta you do some other things around there as well right yeah, um, I, I I do the bookings. Um, like I said, last several years I've helped Eric plant the crop, and uh, I'll go down there and film us working or, or whatever it is. Um, help brush the blinds. Anytime I go down there, you know, there's a there's a video opportunity to to uh, to video something, mm-hmm. and uh, 
So I booked the hunt. Uh, I managed the website. Uh, any corrections on the website? I deal with all the people coming in, um, which is quite a, quite a job sometimes because people, for some reason, uh, don't read what's on the website, and then I get yeah. asked the same exact questions. But it's it's there in bold. But yeah, so I I, I do several things at North Delta, um, it, but also film my show there. So, and so if if someone wants to book a hunt at North Delta. What, what's the process of doing that? The process is to go to NorthDeltaDucks.com and you just, you just put in the spot where you book a hunt and read and, yeah, and read, read the price <laughs> and read the, the amount of days and the amount of people you can have. And then the email gets sent to me and I sit here on this office and I, I either email them back and forth or I call them and, and explain the situation. Uh, you know, because we, we charge a lot of money, but uh, I promise you the, the product is worth what you pay for it. Uh, like I said, it's a five-star operation. So uh, we're blessed to be able to to go out there and hunt every day. And that's the coolest part about uh, being around uh, North Delta Outfitters because you're waking up every morning getting to do some, something that 95% of duck hunters dream of doing, uh, you know, Right, getting in a boat and riding out through a willow slough and scaring twenty thousand mallards out of a hole, and then and then getting to hunt, you know, mallards and willow trees is it's the best thing in the world. And we don't we don't sometimes we don't realize how blessed we are, but uh, you know it's it's awesome to be able to wake up and, and do that every day. So, I was talking to you earlier, and you mentioned drones. Let's talk a little bit about about the drones. Do do you use a drone? Yes. Most all the time, or is that something yeah. that just every now and then kind of tell us about that? Yeah, I definitely use a drone and, uh, uh, it's illegal. A lot of people don't know this, but it's illegal to, to scout for drones. So, uh, you always got to be careful with what you do with, with a drone. But, uh, majority of the time I am flying a drone and, um, figuring out, uh, what, what hole needs camoed more or, why our decoys are what what they're not liking or is our you know is our blind brush are they seeing the dog ramps and you get up in the air and you start realizing real quickly what ducks like and what they don't like things look a lot different man i can tell you a lot and i'm about to tell you but on cloudy days you better have your blind brushed in good it's crazy to to say this but um there's kind of a culture behind behind brushing blinds. I feel like Missouri guys are always really particular about how they brush their blinds. I don't know why that is. And then you go to Arkansas and you see the way these people brush their blinds and you're thinking, <laughs> what is now Christian does a good job. I'm not going to point him out, but you're, you're thinking now, no wonder these ducks are so smart. It's crazy. These shooting holes are like eight foot by eight foot and the, the oak leaves yeah. don't even come close to your face. Uh, that, that's another thing we do at North Delta is, you know, Eric does a good job at designing those blinds, uh, makes these circle holes. The camo is so thick around your face that clients come in there and they complain about not being able to shoot. And that's, that's how we want it. Cause you know, do you want to shoot ducks close or do you want to shoot them at 60 yards? It's up to you. And we have to constantly remind them to keep their faces in. But when I fly that drone, if there's a guy that is a foot away from the shooting hole like this, you, his face is, looks like a flashlight. It is crazy. It's not in the sun, but in the clouds, 
you understand why when you fly the drone up, you understand why ducks will not finish in the clouds. Yeah. Um, sunshine's a different story. Uh, I'm going to get real particular here, but in, in sunshine, you got to think about a, a south wind and ducks. So a south wind sun is always in the southern hemisphere. So at 10, 11 o'clock, that sun is beating down the water. And if you have a south wind, that's the, the direction that the ducks are coming from. So it's hard to explain, sit here and explain if I don't have a clip to show Makes you. Sense. But if you're flying the drone the way a duck flies into a south wind sunny day, they are absolutely blinded. They can't see anything. They can barely see the decoys. It don't matter what decoys you have out that day. It does not matter. You could have uh, Coke bottles. It does not matter. Uh, they're just they're just hearing the call, and honestly, to be honest with you, mojo on a south wind, uh, if, unless they're coming from the south, they can't see that thing very good either. All they can see is just barely, just a little flicker. But if I if I follow that drone on the north side or on on the south side, if it's a north wind, the impact of a spinner is incredible because the sun is here. And uh, the mojo's here, so that sun is beating down on the mojo wings. So it, the flash is so much, it's so much more impactful. So uh, I sound like a nerd here, but uh, we love you, this. This is great. When you put a <laughs> when you put a mojo out in a north wind, it is incredibly effective. And I feel like that's not an opinion. I feel like that's a fact. When I fly the drone six hundred yards away from our decoy spread. You can see that flash. You can see that flash from a mile away. You get on a you you go on the other side on a south wind. You know south wind. You always want a south wind sunny day. The ducks act stupid anyways because they can't see you. But it, if you fly the drone on a sunny south wind day, it's so much harder to see that flash. And uh, it was funny. Field was hunting with us, teal hunting, and he was uh, he was moving the mojo. You'll see him moving the mojo in the in the decoy spread. I said, hey, Field, uh, point that point that mojo. Uh, perpendicular to the sun he he's like what are you talking about <laughs> i was like well, it, it 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 flashes on that those wings those those rays flash on those wings and it creates more of a reflection and a flash he's like hmm i've never thought about that that's i'm, I'm gonna start doing that <laughs> i was like i'm telling you just flying the drone has made me a nerd about it and uh and re realizing what we need to do with decoy spreads and where we need to put the mojo. You will always see us in our videos. We hate mojos, but, you know, clients like to see them. They think that you're not, we, we hate them, but clients think that if we don't have one out, you're not going to kill them. But, but you, if will you, always, if you got a DP out, you don't need a mojo, right? That's what I was going to say. What do you, you think about the difference between mojo versus DP? Well, that's a great question. I have flown the, drone on a sunny day and it's 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 quite incredible what ripples do uh with the sun when you have a sunny cloudy day when you're 200 yards away from the decoy spread you can on a cloudy day i'm not talking about motion mojos anything you can't see the decoys you can hardly see a mojo it's crazy they 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 blend in with the water on cloudy days but sunny days man those ripples matter because when i'm flying the drone just to figure out what we need to do yada yada we have a hole called the hell hole and it's got three different dps in it with 
two different lines each. So it's got six different lines out. The, the amount of reflection and motion that, that that puts out compared to a mojo is, is night and day. When every time that water goes up and down, that, that water, that, that sunshine just, it, it just, it's like blinding you. It's looking like flickering, like something's really happening down there. Like those ducks are having a party and, uh, man, it's, it, it, it's incredible. I need to, I need to post a, a clip of that on daybreak. This is just to show everybody, but like I said, the impact of, uh, of the sun and, and a DP, uh, when you, when you don't have wind, it, I would 100% say it's more effective than a mojo. Absolutely. No doubt. Well, man, we're, we're going to have to get you back on here, especially at Christian's place. Cause you're way more interesting than he is. And you just got, you got all these facts and stuff, you know, and uh, all he wants to talk about is LSU and you know, this, this mess, but, uh, was, but he uh, like, yeah, he likes talking about duck hunting a lot, man. <laughs> yeah. We, we love that guy. But, in April. Yeah, for sure. He wants to, you know, or, or talking about cutting his crops, you know, so. He, oh yeah. He's but, big on uh, that. Look, let's take one more short break here, and when we come back, we uh, we've got a property of the week from uh, Lyle Real Estate that we want to uh, to make sure that we get on here. That's coming up for sale. You you may want to buy it with all the money you got. You know, but, uh, I wish I'm a broke man. <laughs> it'd take a bunch of us to buy it, but nonetheless, we've got a, a property we want to highlight, and so we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that property that Lyle uh, real estate has for sale and then we're uh, we're going to ask you some more questions and just talk talk a little more duck hunt so we'll be we'll be right back go over and check out our friends alpha racks at alpharacksusa.com it's the do-it-all rack system whether you're trail riding working or out in the field hunting make sure that your rack is an alpha rack not all racks are created equal Welcome back here on The Blind, episode six of season two. We've got our good buddy with us, Brandon Martin from Daybreak Outdoors. And so before we get into some more duck hunting with him, we want to highlight one of our Lyle real estate properties for this week. And uh, Cam, if we can see if we can get that up on the screen there. There we go right there. So Woodpecker Flats, it is coming up uh, sealed bid. And uh, the, the bids have to be in by October the 5th. But you can see here on LyleRealEstate.com, uh, go over and, and check those guys out. they got a lot of properties. But, but this one here, we're going to scroll through and, and show you a little bit about the property. I know you can't probably read the fine print there, but uh, it is over right off the Cache River uh, near Dagmar. And uh, so you can see a few pictures there of it. Make sure you get over. Uh, Gerald Jones with uh, Lyle Real Estate actually has this one listed. So if you're interested in a property like that, uh, it's a real, real jam-up property from what Gardner Lyle has told me. And uh, make sure you go over and check that out at LyleRealEstate.com. Again, that is uh, listed with Gerald Jones, and that is Woodpecker Flats right off the Cache River. So make and sure you says, go over and check that out. It says zero dollars, but I'm guessing it's really not free. So it's a sealed bid on well, you the fifth of October. You may get it for zero dollars if if or I'm maybe thinking we $1. need to place a bid. I wonder if they have a minimum bid. It's the minimum's probably <laughs> way more than we can afford. But yeah, yeah, I would imagine. The other but, thing, looking at these properties though, a lot of times they'll show land and stuff, but they don't show any straps of ducks so i was looking through those pictures they got straps all over that one yeah gardner gardner said this was a pretty good property he wanted me to put in a bid and i told him i'd throw five five or ten bucks in on it but uh i'd have we to can do 20 somebody. if we go in together 
Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to find somebody with some money. So Christian Frierson, if you're listening, uh, you're interested in buying a property, man, get with us and we'll uh, we'll see if we can throw a bid in on there. But if you are watching this on Facebook or YouTube, make sure you go over uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and listen to our podcast on there. Also, uh, make sure you subscribe on there and follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're really trying to grow that platform and really need you to go over and uh, make sure you follow us on there and listen to our podcast. Our podcast version is always just a little bit different than what our Facebook and YouTube version uh, is, but uh, you get the same from from our special guest, we just change up a little bit on there. So make sure you go over there and find that, the Blind Waterfowl Podcast. But uh, enough of that. Let's get back with Brandon Martin, and let's talk a little bit of duck hunting, Brandon. So um, when you do, well, I kind of got a two parts to this question. Um, behind the camera, what's your favorite duck to film? You know, what to get shots of or whatnot. I mean, do they are there certain ones that just always give you those really good shots or they look best through the lens or Yeah, I would say that mallards are easiest to film. And is it because not... is it because they're biggest? They're just they just kind of float in. They're the slowest yeah. flying slowest, yeah. But the most exciting uh and you'll see in our videos, the most exciting bird to film is a teal. Yeah. They might be the hardest, but they're definitely the most exciting because Man, all our guides, everybody just gets jacked up after a big 20, 30 pack of teal, you know, to start off the morning. And, Come through uh, and sound like a, a jet plane coming through? Oh, man. In those willow trees, um, in a couple of those blinds, once they get in them, it, it takes, them, <laughs> takes them a while to get out. And yeah. uh, whether the clients shoot or not, you know, that's not up to us. Uh, but uh, that's another kind of thing about the filming aspect of it is, uh, you know, I go out every morning and I don't know what kind of shooters I'm going to have in the blind. And a lot of, a lot of trolls on YouTube like to, like to tell us how bad we shoot, but, uh, they don't understand that we have clients in the blind and, you know, you're either a good shot or not. I, it ain't us shooting. You can only control one shot and that's your camera. Yep. And, and a lot of shots don't make it because of that. Yeah. Well, uh, if you're behind the gun, do you have a different favorite duck that you, that you like to shoot? Oh, I like shooting mallards for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there's no doubt about it. I, I still get just as excited when I grab a gun as I do when I was 11 years old when I first started hunting. So, um, yeah. Tell, tell us a little like bit it. about that teal hunt. You know, you, you guys have been teal hunting quite a bit here lately. And tell us about, you had the Shen guys up. I know we hit on it earlier, but tell us a little bit more about y'all's teal hunting so far. Was that hunt you just uploaded, was that the most recent hunt? Yeah, that was opening day. Yeah. So, so opening day for y'all was what, a week ago? Yep, because I know Arkansas opens. Yeah, this weekend. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, I haven't been down there that much. Uh, I know that we got a big 10 or 11 inch rain, and there's a bunch of new WRP around the lodge. And uh, Eric's done a good job managing that. And, and he, he's been saying that for a long time that he's going to flood all that up for Teal and just put on a show. And like I said, we got that 10 or 11, we got probably got 10 or 11 inches of rain in about a day and a half mm. and, uh, all the boards were put in. And so there was just a ton of habitat for teal and it's usually not like that. Usually, you know, there's uh two or 300 acres, maybe flooded for teal. So they just don't stick around. You, you might get lucky and find 200 in a little pocket and be able to c go maybe kill your limit. But, like I said, the, the habitat was there this year, and 
they were eating all that barnyard grass and all that stuff like crazy. And we found a spot right by the lodge. Uh, me and Eric went out uh, right bef- two days before opening day and uh, was he was driving the uh, – he was bush hogging and I was doing a little filming. And we were out in the corner right by the lodge and we just see a huge flush of teal. And it was like, oh, my gosh. Now I, I was like, I'm excited now. Uh, and yeah, so that's, uh, that's where we went open a day. Uh, it's kind of crazy that they were at the field right next to the lodge. Cause we could literally walk to where we hunted and, uh, we woke up that morning, got out there, uh, thought that there was about 800 to a thousand in there. It turns out there was three or 4,000. Mm-hmm. Um, there was probably 11 of us and three of us had cameras in our hand, uh, Dylan Farrell and, uh, Grayson. Uh, from Shin, they were there um, filming a little bit. Uh, obviously, I was filming, and uh, we had some good buddies there, uh, all the Shin guys. And uh, the 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 teal didn't act as, as good as we wanted them to. Uh, we had a little buffer strip there of uh, just a bunch of aquatics and stuff, and the teal were just kind of hanging off the edge, and we were having giant groups. I mean, you'll see the video. We were having giant groups of teal. Uh, come in and they were getting to about 30 yards and they were getting to that point where they were just, they kind of sidewinded you and then took off and your second shot was hitting them in the butt. And we, I can't say we didn't shoot good just because it just wasn't good shots, mm-hmm. but uh, it was a great hunt, but it could have been an incredible hunt. Um, if, if, if we had the right setup, you know, hiding 10 or 11 guys in a levee uh, grew up with smart weed. It's, it's a little tough and we had to look into the sun because of the water level, but and who cares? It was an awesome hunt. Everybody had fun and uh, it was the teal deal. It was awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love to hear stuff like that. I wish, Oh yeah. wish we could get on a teal deal. We don't ever shoot teal down here, man. It's just, they, they just never here. And there's too many snakes and gators and stuff still out. I just kind of, well, we just kind of wait till November. I know how Christian is. He's a little, uh, skimpy as his invites he called me today or yesterday and said his dad was up there and he said they had a good amount so you gotta text him and make sure he doesn't need oh, yeah, extra, he, extra gun no nah, he, he 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 he'll wait he'll wait to the last minute he'll let <laughs> you scout him and then he won't invite yeah oh yeah well what, what he'll do is he'll he'll invite you after the teal hunt to go brush his lines yeah now nah, i'm yeah. too busy for that uh-huh. but, but um well look, let's talk a little more duck hunting with you you've talked about hunting in the willows which i grew up hunting in in willows quite a bit and that's one of my favorite things to do but um if you had your choice of the perfect day i mean would, would you hunt in the willow trees would you hunt in the in the tall green timber in a rice field buck brush i mean what 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 does brandon martin on his perfect day want to go hunt on my perfect day there's a place called otter lake at otter slough and it's 15 minutes from my house so the lodge and where we hunt and where we film the show is, you know, 45, 50 minutes away. But I grew up hunting in a little little pocket here called Otter Slough. It's a conservation area. It's public. Um, and like I said, when we went to college, we would go down here all the time. Uh, you have to – it's a draw system. So you have to show up at 4 o'clock and draw out. And, it, you know, you have to draw a little cube box out of a uh, – or a little cube out of a box – and you got to get a low enough pill to get a good spot. And if you don't draw one through 30, you got to go home. And so we went home plenty of times, but 
there's an old natural slough out there uh, called Otter Lake, and it's full of cypress trees. And it is by far my favorite place that I will ever hunt. Um, it's not like this insane amount of ducks, but it, it's a lake with six or seven blinds on it. And you can't see these other blinds. You know, they're tucked around other corners mm -hmm. and, you know, they're two, 300 yards away. But the best part about it, you know, this is back when I wasn't doing hunting, a hunting show for, uh, for a living. You know, I was duck calling. I was, I was shooting everything. Best part about it was the competition. You would go out there and the best duck hunter would win. The best duck hunter would, it didn't, it, it sometimes people thought the blinds mattered so much out there. I didn't think they mattered as long as you had the, the right collars, but it's just an old Tupelo Cypress swamp. And you'd see a group of, you would always want to go out there on a sunny day. We hardly ever went out. We, we hardly ever drew out on a cloudy day unless it was a front day, but uh, we'd go out on a sunny day, throw out what just five or six times more decoys than anybody else would. We'd put, this was before I worked with Christian. We'd put all the Higdon splashers, Felicia flashers, whatever you call them. And uh, we would just, we would just do something different that then, than everybody else. All those ducks, they would get up off the refuge, they'd fly over that lake, they'd see the same dang thing every time. One mojo uh, and, and two dozen decoys. And and I feel like we kind of figured out the system there. And, uh, you know, we would go to a blind, uh, we would go to a blind that has, there, there would be a kill chart up there on the, on the board and everybody would walk in and see the kill chart. And uh, what a lot of these young kids don't understand is, uh, it doesn't matter what blind you have on a lot of these days. It just, it just matters, you know, how good of a hunter you are. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you'd look at the kill chart and blind four would kill no more than three ducks, uh, for the first 15 days. And on the 16th day, we would pick blind four and go shoot up, shoot the first limit. I'm not trying to beat my chest, but, uh, we That's just, okay. You we beat just, it as much as you want to. Uh, I'm the last one to beat my chest, but we just learned to do something different. And when these ducks would fly over, uh, you know, one, my best friend, Rory O'Keefe, he, he was a duck call maker and he was, he sounded great on the duck call. I feel like I'm a pretty decent duck caller too. And, you know, we would, we would call at them until they hit the water. And that's what everybody else didn't do. We had all the decoys out and man, it was the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in the world. Uh, group of 25 or 30, as high as you could see, break down on this lake. Everybody's calling at them, and you're the one to finish them. It's it's the best feeling in the world uh, when you're the one shooting at them and everybody else gets to hear you're shooting. I hate to say that, but, man, it was fun. Well, to give us a little insight. What's coming down the line for Daybreak Outdoors? What, what, what uh, I mean, anything exciting, anything big we need to be looking for, or just some some great episodes coming? What you got? Yeah, we, we, we've got uh, – this is probably the most content I've ever had this year um, with, with, you know, I, I just changed my occupation to, to me being my own boss uh, when I started with Shin and that allowed me to, to be able to wake up every morning and, you know, come back and work on daybreak videos and not worry about anything else. So uh, last year, you know, I get back from, from hunting and I put the reel of the day together of, of you know what just what happened that day but mm -hmm. like i said we got a lot of a lot of great content coming uh episode three of season six comes out sunday uh it's the first day of sunshine all year we went through a 12-day streak of uh of clouds 
and man, it, it made every, it made all the guides depressed. Let me tell you. And, uh, like you'll see in the video, it, it, it wasn't like we weren't killing ducks. We were killing, we were killing plenty of ducks. Uh, but you know, it wasn't the prettiest thing in the world. It was just enough to make the clients happy. And yeah, we had a ton of ducks around too at the, at the time and we were just beating them up and making them smart. And we finally, after 12 days into the season, got some sunshine and we went to a special spot called the willow hole and uh banged him up in there it was super special and then the next episode uh not everybody films in the uh in in winter storm elliot that, that was some of the worst conditions i've ever filmed in i think my hands are still <laughs> still cold from that day um uh but we filmed the entire day at uh, Winter Storm Elliott. That was probably one of the wildest field hunts I've ever had. It's in a cornfield. Um, uh, you know, we're going to show you the story of, of when the front rolls in, what happens before the front, and, and all that. And so I think people will really enjoy these next two episodes. Um, but like I said, I've, I've probably got 11, 12 episodes this year. So they're going to keep coming. And awesome. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy them. Yeah, well, I, I know that Garrett and I both enjoy it. And, I mean, we've been watching you for a few years now and just think, man, like you said, it, it, so many people have a camera nowadays. So many people are trying to do what you're doing, make a living off of making videos or, you know, everybody out there wants to be a TikTok sensation or, you know, make make their living off of uh, be a – What's the word I'm looking for, Garrett? A, a social media influencer or something like there that, you, you know. But but what you do is 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 on another level. I mean, yeah, it really I gotta personally, is on another level. I got to personally tell you how much I appreciate what you're doing. Um, so just like I said, I mean, you know, me and my boy, we sit around and watch it, and to me, it's the closest thing to showing him what it's all about. The way that you tell the story, the way that you draw us in to to the to the hunt you feel like you're there and you're a part of it and that's what my boy's too little to go right now but he's going to know what it's about before he ever gets there from daybreak yeah and that's uh, i was doing another podcast you know probably last year and he the guy kind of asked me what separates daybreak from from everybody else and like you said everybody's got a camera these days everybody's trying to start their own youtube page whatever it is but like I said, every, God gives everybody a talent, and it's up to you to, to find it. I, I think God gave me the talent to to be able to, to to film a duck hunt and make a story out of it. And when I say make a story, I don't mean, you know, put put the, the 30 clips that you got of the day of the duck hunt. You know, what what led up to that? What what was the problems? What, you know, what mm -hmm. what happened to the generator? What why was this person screaming at this person? And I think that's what makes the show so unique and so different is, is, uh, you know, and, and I'll always thank the people that are behind the camera and that ever, and everybody that's helped me along the way. Um, you know, we got great personalities, uh, we got great hunting, um, and great production and, and editing. But, uh, when you throw all that mixed together and sit down on this, this huge, monitor and spend 45 50 hours every episode and you know just sit there and brainstorm you know how can i make a story that's going to appeal to to guys like you and your son to, to show the story of duck hunting not not just getting in the blind and shooting ducks it, it's so much more than that and uh that's what i try to do 
for all these episodes is how can I create a story out of, you know, a sunny day in the willow hole? Well, I'm going to show, uh, you know, Gerald, one of our guides, uh, he's got dreads and we're making fun of him because he ain't even doing his hair in the morning. He's so depressed. I mean, and we do a whole story on that. And, you know, it, it's just the story, the storyline that really draws people in. And, you know, while some people might go on YouTube and really want to watch duck hunting, uh, when they watch our videos, they're going to see every little moment, uh, not in the duck blind, you know, in the guide shack, people arguing with each other, uh, ranger or can ams getting stuck, whatever it is. Uh, it's fully encompassing. It's, it's the full story. That's why we call it the full show because that's what it is. It, it's not a duck hunt show. It's, it's the full show. And, um, yeah, I'm grateful to, to, to be able to call it a hunting show. Well, and it's, it's, it's almost like good music. You know, some people will just listen to, to anything, you know, it's, you could go out there. You could, if you want to see somebody just filming, ducks coming in and shooting and people hollering you can find that and it's kind of like a lot of the music on the radio right now but if you want some real genuine 1990s country that tells a story <laughs> that's what you are you uh. are you are prime country i mean you, you guys tell you you tell a story behind the camera and sometimes in front of the camera but it's it's genuine it's real and of course i know you're, you're putting on a production but uh you know, it's just, I think that's what makes it so intriguing and, and so good. And, and on top of that, the quality. I mean, it's it's top-notch quality. I haven't found anything out there that's better quality and probably won't. But, I mean, it's it's fun to watch. It's, it, it's, it's man, it's just, it's really good. And for it's a really lot of good. people, you know, I mean, I used to have the outdoor channel on my TV and everything. Now I've got YouTube TV or there's not even a hunting channel there. And so to be able to use YouTube and I can turn it on, I feel like I'm watching TV it's pretty awesome yeah it's it's kind of funny people ask me what i do i say well i do a hunting show and their eyes light up i think they'll well what channel uh, yeah <laughs> it's hard to say it's it's not on sportsman's channel that's just not where where things are going i said it's on youtube and then you know the, the older guys are like all uh, right what uh, this guy's he don't know what he's talking about but you know it's it's funny well, man, we sure appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. It was it was a pleasure. And, again, I hope we get to see you in person and sit down and chat with you in person. Even if we don't do a show, I just hope we can hope we can catch up with you when you're down here in our part of the world, and, and uh, we'd love to chat some more. So if people want to find your videos or your social media, where all can they find you at? Uh, Daybreak Outdoors. So we've got TikTok. We've got instagram we've got youtube we've got facebook uh, if you type in daybreak outdoors you're going to find it it's a cypress tree with a circle and uh yeah like i said uh everybody that's followed us along the way i really appreciate it and uh really appreciate you guys having me on the show like i said i'm nobody special but um it's good to meet guys like you and and talk about what we do for a for a living and yeah it's been fun well, man, like, again, we appreciate you. And, and if you are listening or, or you watch this uh, on Facebook or YouTube and you don't know uh, who who Daybreak Outdoors is, man, you, you're really missing out. And I'm sure most people that watch this or listen to it already know who you are. We're not telling them anything new. But, um, man, it's, it's just really good stuff. So make sure you go check them out on social media. Make sure you go check out the episodes on YouTube. And, again, kind of like Garrett, I like putting it up on my TV where I can see it big. And, man, it just feels like we're right there 
right there hunting. And so uh, we appreciate you for doing it and giving us something to something intriguing to watch during the off season. And and uh, we appreciate everything you do. Maybe maybe one day Garrett will be lucky enough we can be on one of them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we may not hope. we may not be uh, interesting enough to be on one. Ah, oh, no, we can be. All we got to do is get on there and buy buy a hunt. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll give you a two percent discount. How's that work? That's, <laughs> That's right. Fine. That's right. Yeah, fifty fifty bucks off. So, uh-huh. well, man, we appreciate you. Make sure you go over and like Daybreak Outdoors on social media and go watch their new. When's the newest episode coming? This Sunday, right? Sunday night. Yep. Sunday night. All right. Make sure you go, and we're gonna share it on our. Uh, we're gonna share it on our um, social media as well, so people can go and find it. Uh, make sure you see the the new episode that's coming out. So we appreciate our buddy Brandon Martin. We appreciate all of our sponsors here on The Blind for helping us make this possible each and every week. We'll have another episode for you coming out next week. Make sure you stay tuned. Also, go like us on social media. We're just about everywhere except Twitter. We don't do the Twitter. But uh, I don't even think it's called Twitter anymore. I quit Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I quit (laughs) Twitter. But uh, go and like us and follow us on social media. We're trying to grow as much as we can. Brandon's even trying to give us some tips you know people like us that are so hard-headed and don't know what we're doing we're trying to get tips from anybody that's that's uh that's good at at that kind of thing and we're just trying to grow brandon it's a struggle but, I, hear, uh, I hear you i'm surprised you guys got all this stuff together man <laughs> well we, we we could barely make it happen but uh but look we appreciate you hope to have you on again and uh we hope this coming season is everything you want it to be and more, and we hope that, that your show does even better than what it's been doing. I know it's huge already, but we hope you just continue to keep blowing it out of the water. And if, if probably not, but if we can ever do anything for you, we would, we would love to help you in any way. We appreciate your friendship and appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah, it was nice meeting you, Garrett and Brian. Yeah, man. I, I met you at the Delta Water Fox Club. Really appreciate, appreciate you guys having me on. and. Uh, hopefully we can uh, we can get together and uh, mooch a spot off Christian. Surely yeah. he'll let surely he'll let us in. And he's pretty stingy. And just make sure he doesn't call you after two o'clock. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, look, we appreciate you watching this episode or listening to this episode of the Blind. Make sure you go and uh, follow us and uh, subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Um, if you are watching on Facebook right now, the podcast version will be out here shortly and we appreciate you for each and every week tuning in we'll see you next week with another guest here on the blind it won't just be garrett another special guest yeah special guest no we'll just call them a guest this is our special guest so uh, (laughs) we appreciate you for tuning in we'll see you next time right here from the blind thanks for tuning in to tonight's episode of the blind make sure you go over and follow and like us on facebook instagram and tiktok You can also find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for watching.